Warning, this podcast is rated not safe for work for profanity, sexual innuendo, and general silliness. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Macabre Academy. If you have not been with us the last couple of weeks, my name is Patrick. I'm the new face of the show, uh, or at least just kind of filling a spot for the time being. And uh, I'm joining Stephanie Knight. We're going to talk about Baphomet, history's made-up villain with the shitty-ass PR rep. So shitty. It, it, we need to fire his agent and get him a new one. Uh, probably the only other deity is, with one that's worse is going to be Lilith. And hopefully we'll cover her in a, uh, a future episode because, God damn, if they have the same rep, he needs to just you know, go burn in hell somewhere. My brain is immediately back to uh, History of the World Part 1, you know? <laughs> like, he's standing at the, the their, their PR person is standing at the unemployment line. Did you try to bullshit this week? <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? I can't yeah. think of how it it's goes. It's been a but... long-ass fucking time since I've seen that movie, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I have in my head. <laughs> Did you try to bullshit this week? No, no, I didn't even try to bullshit no. this week. <laughs> oh my goodness. So this comes up a lot because you actually have a few Baphomet pieces in your store. I Correct. Was real, yeah. I, I love the one. It's got like an orb with a glow pentagram. Yeah, so it's it's a uh, uh, your typical crystal ball, but it has a... Uh, uh, pentacle kind of engraves on the inside of it and an led light on the bottom so it shifts colors between uh blue and red uh then we also have a really badass door knocker and those two items alone make people out you know every now and then we get passerbys looky loose just wanting to come in and, and take a peek of what's what's going on since we're a new store and which is great don't get me wrong i fucking love it right because uh-huh. half the time you just see something click in their eyes and you're like yeah, shiny rocks, you'll be back. And next thing you know, you're going to be way deep into the rabbit hole. Uh, but a lot of them freak out when they see Baphomet. Well, but why? We'll, be, well, because we'll be standing there and we'll just hear like, oh my God, there's Satan. They have Satan here. And it's they- like, no, no, <laughs> it's not Satan. Not even close. And half of them will, half of them will sit there and, and they'll listen to the story. Um, which you overheard, and that's how I originally got the uh, the invite on to the do this episode. Uh, and the other half, you know, you you go to tell them the what we thought was the real history of Baphomet, and they still have that look of like you work for Satan and you're trying to trick me. You're not going to get my soul. Well, if you if you remember correctly, right, the fall from Eden was eating the fruit of knowledge. Knowledge is forbidden on a certain level if you are a Christian. You're not allowed to be a well-informed Christian, apparently. No, of Um, course not. Of course not. You know, it's 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 all based around the the hierarchy getting to take your personal power. Yeah. So who do we who do we blame for this? So we this is a pure invitation. (sighs) Stephanie, gods, help me speak today, please. (laughs) (laughs) You're still in Denver. You're right, still so like, in Colorado. I am. My brain is still on vacation. <laughs> I'm. I am high on the plains of Wyoming. Oh, oh, it was such a lovely trip. But I mean, so like, okay, so like in my brain, right? There's this. There's this nice little humanoid goat thing, and he's he's just just just, just chilling, right? And then he pissed off the yeah. wrong person, and then they're all like, "Fuck you! You're evil!" 
So I'm assuming we're going to tell me how this came about because even I don't yes. know the full history of the Baphomet. Okay, so I'm going to start by telling you the story that and you've heard this one already. This is the one I tell all the customers that come into the shop and when I try to explain to them who Baphomet really is, right? So as I was told it, Baphomet was actually the ancient Egyptian god of magic. Okay. Um, and then back in the 1300s, and we'll get to the actual proper date later on when we go through the real story, um, when the, the Pope and the King of France uh, turned on the Knights Templar, they did so by saying that uh, uh, they were guilty of uh, heresy and homosexuality and sodomy and witchcraft, and they said they worshipped Baphomet. So what you have is just this ancient Egyptian god that is now getting used as the name for, for the devil. And this is all a political power grab. Um, ironically and, and wonderfully, this is also the origin story for Friday the 13th. Okay. Uh, so, and that's how I first heard about it was okay. I was looking up the history of Friday. And this is years. This is, this is more than, more than a decade ago. Um, I think I did like a little thing. I was bartending at the time and it was like, okay, if somebody can tell me the history of Friday the 13th, you get a free drink kind of a deal. Um, you know, I didn't tell my bosses I was doing that, thankfully. <laughs> so I didn't get in trouble. But um, so that's the first time I, I kind of heard the little bit of the, the backstory to it. Uh, and doing research for this episode is when I realized that's not exactly a 100% true story. <laughs> Ah. Uh, so I got to call myself out on uh, passive misinformation. And uh, once again, I learned the very hard lesson to do your own research. That being said, not 100% wrong either. Okay, so we're going to go a little bit deeper into it. So the first place to really kind of start with this story is going to be the name, right? So where did the name Baphomet come from? I was curious because you, you said ancient Egypt. And yeah. I've spent some time in Egypt and uh, the name eludes me a bit. Yes. Well, not Egyptian at all. Akron, so, okay. Now we, we will bring up, uh, there is a tie in with uh, uh, Satan and the devil and an Egyptian God, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but first, like I said, first we're going to talk about the name and the very first time the name Baphomet is, is seen historically uh, and actually, let me pause real quick. So everything we're going to go over here tonight, it's it's looking at it historically. Okay, it's not theology. It's not belief of the God. It is 100% historical. All right. So when I was doing the research, I pretty much if I could find it on multiple sites with the same story, that's kind of it's like, okay, if A and B and C are all saying this is the same dates and, and the history and lines up, that's what that's what I went with on it. Okay. Um, you know, if you look at the theology side to it, I'm sure you're going to see, you, you're going to find a, a slightly different story most likely. And that's, that's true with the pretty much any of our, our gods and goddesses out there. Um, but so in, uh, in, in 1098, after the first crusade and the siege of Antioch, uh, a gentleman by the name of Anselm Ribmont wrote a letter talking about the battle. And in it, he mentions that the Turks were calling out the name Baphomet. And at least that's what the masses thought they were saying. What he thinks they were saying, and what is now generally uh, uh, agreed upon by scholars, is they were saying Mahomet or Muhammad. 
So they were crying out to the prophet Muhammad as their battle cry. But then you have the telephone game. One person tells another person, tells another person, tells another person. And all of a sudden, you now have the name Baphomet. I mean, it's a soft consonant sound to begin with. It's not like a, yeah. a, a harsh thing. So I could see how that B and M would have gotten muddled over yeah, add time. Into, add into it, you're probably looking at a couple hundred to a couple thousand knights in armors and carrying swords and running at each other and shits clanging together. So it's completely understandable. But the moral of the story is the name Baphomet is 100% made up from ignorance. I mean, that's amazing because this isn't the first time we've seen like the, I mean, we've been spent a lot of time with the Turks and the Crusades lately. Yeah. We literally just were there. We're back there all over again. All over again. All over again. So Crusades gave us so much. It gave us vampires. Now it gave us the (laughs) Baphomet. Now it gave us Satan. (laughs) What a wonderful thing they gave us. Glorious. They also gave us the very humbling thing of getting to sit there and watch the Vatican officially formally apologize. Which, <laughs> I mean, a thousand or so years too late, <laughs> but it's not often you see an entity like the Catholic Church, uh, you know, not have to. I guess they didn't technically have to, but it's not often you see that organization or something that large actually go, <laughs> our bad, sorry, we're assholes. Yeah, but now the name is stuck, right? We can't undo it. Yeah, and now the name is stuck. 100% stuck. There's no like other names as to what to call this this creature in the drawings. He is forever Baphomet. He's, no, he's not known as Pretty anything much. else. And, and a, a lot of that is because uh, he's been embraced that way. So at this point in time, Baphomet, as we know him, looked nothing like what we know him now. Okay. And, and this is where you get the Egyptian tie-in. Oh, okay. Uh, So a a lot of people have associated the Egyptian God Bess. It's B-E-S. I think I'm saying it correctly. If I'm not, my apologies. Um, That deity was seen as the personification of the Christian devil. Okay. Uh, He was the God of sex, drinking, music, and merriment. So even back then, sex, drugs, and rock and roll was led by Satan. You got to do it. (laughs) At least we have, you know, a continuous storyline when it comes to comes to this all, right? Um, So he was described. This is is the guy, right? This is this is. Yes. This is the guy. That's the dude. He looks like a golem met a monkey or something. All right, I'm going to throw a little pop culture in there. And yeah. uh, if you would put uh, put little uh, goat horns on him, he looks like um, oh uh, Phil from uh, the Hercules movie, the Disney movie. He does. And and can you not he just does. hear Danny DeVito's voice coming out of this guy? I mean, now I can. Thanks now for that. Can. <laughs> I can't. I have, un- an, I have ruined an Egyptian god for you. You have. I didn't <laughs> think that was possible. <laughs> and it took all of thirty seconds. <laughs> So he was described, and, and I'm glad you put the picture up, but uh, some of the, the key words describing him was bandied-legged dwarf with a tail between his legs, curly and wild beard, tongue hanging out, big-eared, and a mane-like and a mane like hair, right? 
funny enough, he was seen as almost like a gargoyle. So he would, uh, he would uh, frighten off noxious spirits. And to this degree, uh, he was seen as a caregiver and his, his image was set at uh, birth houses. That sounds an awful like Pazuzu or not Pazuzu. Yeah, no. Fuck me. There's an ancient Sumerian god that's Pazuzu from the Exorcist is based off of. Okay. And he uh he uh is a demon who is interpreted as a devil, but okay. his lover uh is a uh is a demon. He's a demon, but his lover is also a demon, but that lover is a like a higher demon. And he's okay. like a primordial demon. She's like a newer one. And she's got like a beef against women and children. And she wants to devour them all because she can't have her own kids or some shit. So he's the only thing that she's afraid of. So they put a work, they put a bad thing in the birthing houses or, you know, it for, for an expectant mother or lady who just had a baby to scare off a scarier thing. The worst. Right, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's I got a look. really cool, and it it, <laughs> it translates exactly to to Bess. You know, it, there was the they were seen as the same thing, um, but the, the reason why he's depicted in all those statues with his tongue hanging out is that it was said that he would uh, make funny faces at the babies to get them to stop screaming and crying. So, that is Pazuzu. Okay, I was going to say that the name sounded familiar. Yeah, he's Babylonian. They had some cool. They they have some cool. Uh, some lore back from the, the Mesopotamian Babylonian eras. Yeah, but wait, wait. Take a take a little. Take a quick gander because I should. I put up Bess real quick, and now mm-hmm. I feel like you have to see him. This is him, Pazuzu. He's. I mean, not terribly different. No, and and independent culture from the from the. Uh, the Egyptians, the ancient Sumerians, yep. not too far away, but far enough away. Far enough. Then, yep. Oh, I love this stuff. <laughs> Eat it for breakfast. So good. I, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna have to do an episode where it just shows the links and connections of, of the different ancient religions, uh-huh. and just discuss our possible ideas on how the hell that could be when they had no idea the other ones were alive. Yeah, this was no. this was a, a rough like in the back of Steffi's brain because the uh, the murder mystery makeup covered a uh, a, a Satanist as, as well who uh, a self proclaimed Satanist who actually did uh, animal sacrifices and stuff and he like killed a bunch of people and he called himself Pazuzu and I had to look up the name and uh, it turns out they got it from this guy and this guy labeling himself Pazuzu like filed his teeth into spikes and did the whole thing to make himself terrifying. But in reality, it's actually a protector demon, even though he, it's like he fucked up his own mythology for his own name. It was the, yeah. it was a beautiful act of ignorance. We'll have to, I'll have to do that episode one of these days. Well, I, you know, I was just about to say, it looks like ignorance has been paving the way since 1098, <laughs> if not longer. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so, you know, and, and there is a possibility that, there was some sort of link up, you know, I don't, I don't know how close the two civilizations were time-wise or, or what the years would be on it. But ancient uh, Sumerian guess, is like, what? it's like three to 4,000 years ago. Some dated back to 12,000 years ago, depending. Okay. Um, 
there's some very interesting theories on the first civilization actually being older than the current timeline um, because of complications with carbon dating. Again, another issue entirely, but (laughs) yeah. How far Uh, back you got? So I, I didn't get a, I couldn't find a timeline of actually when he was, he was seen in worship. Uh, but they did do say that he's a sub-Saharan region deity. So while, you know, I, he may have just been kind of lumped into uh, Egyptian, but it spread further than that. And it, it, his origin was more than just that. Um, and he did end up spreading all the way across all of uh, the Mediterranean countries and regions, um, which would explain why in Turkey and all around, you know, it's it's all connecting together. And that, you know, he's still kind of seen as part of the, the Christian christian god uh so at this point we flash forward a few few years right and we're now in 1307 and that's that's when the story really starts coming to to its place uh and we're getting back into the knights templar uh do you know much about the knights templar and who they were no some things about the knights templar mostly just conspiracy theory juicy nuggets of the Templar. There is so much of that. Didn't they like they they did the thing with the with the Holy Grail and shit? So that yeah, that is one of the the lores and legends is that they were uh, questing for the Holy Grail. Yeah. Uh, even Indiana Jones touches that one. Um, but so the Knights Templar were founded in uh, 1118, not long after the First Crusade. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it was uh, a group of warrior monks. And they took a vow of poverty, chastity, and service. Play the and cleric. I'm down. Let's go. <laughs> their their main act, other than, you know, obviously they would get sent to fight the, the crusades when they came up and, and fight in the Holy Land. But when they weren't doing that, they were, uh, essentially, they were bodyguards. So when people were taking their pilgrimage to the Holy Land, the, the Knights Templar would escort them there to make sure that they didn't get murdered kidnapped, robbed, all that good stuff. You know, they, they, they guaranteed the safe passage. Um, and this is where the first kind of rumor starts coming into it. Cause I, I've seen this story in multiple places, but when you look for it on the historical timeline, it, it's really kind of hard to find. Um, but they essentially started modern banking as well. And they were the first ATMs. So let's say we had a merchant in England wanting to pack up shop and head to the Holy land and, and start business there the guy would want to take all of his fortune with him so he could do business, right? So he would go to the local Templars and say, hey, I'm going to pay you X amount of money for safe passage. And I need you to also transport all of my money. So he would give them the money in England. And that uh, that sect of Templars would put it in their their local, their local hold. They'd take the guy to the Holy Land with a, a little IOU note. Once he got to the Holy Land, he'd go to the the Templar house there, hand them the note, and they would give him the equivalency of his money back. Wow. So minus uh minus the uh the minus the cut, of course. Yeah. Oh yeah. Banks back. have to get their their fees in there. Come on. Of course. Oh yeah. So as you can imagine, this made them very, very, very rich. They were the only ones that could do it, right? So you have a monopoly, you do whatever the hell you want for the most part. Uh, when you, when you combine that to the fact that they technically lived outside of anybody's influence and that at the time money equaled power back then, 
a lot of key figures started becoming very, very nervous about them. And two specifically. Uh, the first one is King Philip IV of France. So there's a lot of beef going on between him and the Templar. Um, a lot of it coming around money. There's also some stories out there of uh, one of the knights betting his wife. So, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of uh, typical medieval stuff going on. Uh, and he got really pissed off. So he went to Pope Clement V and said, all right, listen, we need to do something about these assholes. They, they have enough power and influence now and enough money, and they're big enough, they could dethrone me, and they can kick your ass out. Oh. So the two of them got together, and they went after the knights, and it was Friday the 13th. It was October. And it was in 1307. So that right there is the true, true origin of the uh, Friday the 13th story. Right. Wow. So Philip and the, uh, the Clement sent a whole bunch of people in. They kidnapped or arrested a bunch of the Templars and their leadership. Uh, and they started uh, torturing them and, and burning them at the stake. And a lot of the knights, uh, you know, out of duress confessed, just kind of like in, in Salem, you know, confess and we'll take it easy on you. And then it's like, Haha, no, we won't. And they just all pretty much got killed. So these holy monks of the Templar got their asses handed to them. Basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Because what happened was not only was it the Vatican and France, they convinced every other European country except for one to jump on the bandwagon. So, you know, middle of the night, they're all got raided. Right. So they, they didn't have an opportunity to put up a fight for the most part. I'm surprised that there was room to do this because it, I mean, during this time, there's heavy um, battle for conversion of souls into the one true yep. religion, right? Like, cause we're coming yep. off of the crusades and shit. Cause the crusades ended in 1296. You're saying this is 1300s ish. Yeah. 1307. Right? Yeah. Yep. So I'm surprised with the battle against the pagan, you know, for the pagan souls, they have room to wipe out some of their own you know, Christians, because they got too powerful and pissed off the wrong person, essentially. Yep. Oh, wow. Well, it's kind of one of those things. It, it was, uh, you know, orchestrated. You still see it today. You know? So think of it as, um, you know, a police department going in, trying to take down a, a drug ring of the mafia. Right? They hit multiple houses all at the same time in the middle of the night. Yeah, but cops usually don't like taking out their own. Fair. But they'll do it if they have to. Yeah, yeah. You can do all this shady shit, but you did it to the wrong person. So now you get to go. Well, and also think of it this way, though. Back then, the Pope and the Kings were, they were God. True. What they said, you didn't question. So when they went to their, their knights and their military and said, hey, these guys are, are banging each other and they're, they're worshiping the devil and they're witches. Of course, they're going to get believed. Right. So everybody turns on them instantly. And then all it takes is one or two of them to to admit to it to get the torture to stop. Wildfire. So what did the what did the Templar how did they they come across the Baphomet? They they saw the names in uh the, the records and up here in the Turks call out to uh to Oh yeah, uh, that's those guys. Yeah. Okay, and that's how it got that's how it got transferred over. Hmm. So they're bringing so, back their, their tales from fighting the Turks and the Ottoman yep. Empire at its decline. Yep. Heard the and shit. Then on, on top of it, 
uh, and this this is the other uh, Egyptian tie-in. Uh, not long before this, and I forgot to write down the date, and I'm really pissed off myself for it. Um, the the Templars were handed like their biggest defeat ever, and got kicked out of Egypt. They get their asses handed to them in Egypt. Oh no! So now we circle back around to that Egyptian connection. And it was kind of, you know, they, this part of the story was, oh, well, when they were in Egypt, they were started hanging out with this Baphomet guy and he's the devil and look at what he does there and all this, you know, A plus B plus C equaled X at this point. So they, they're like, okay, you're calling out to the devil. And then they got this, this, this Phil Pan Hercules deity that they're also hanging out with and they're stringing all this together. God. Okay. All right. I see you. Now, see one little doing. fun, one little fun tidbit here. Um, so I, like I said, only one European country did not jump on the bandwagon and that was Portugal. Portugal became a safe haven. Any Knights Templar that could get away from uh, all the other, uh, you know, from the church and, and from all the other uh, 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 monarchs that were trying to kill them all made their way to, to Portugal. And they're still active today. Way to go, Portugal. So they they got renamed the Knights of Christ. And in 1789, they became secularized. They then survived all the way up to 1910 when they were first dissolved. So they went from 11, 1118 to 1910 in constant... Uh, uh, as a, a constant force. And then seven years later in 1917, they were revived and they exist still today. So the Knights Templar are actually still in active duty from 1118 to today with only seven years break. I just thought that was really neat. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess it didn't dawn on me that they're, they're, they're still functioning in some sort of honor society kind of deal. Right. Like, yep. Yeah, the Freemasons or some shit. Like, yeah. Well, and I think it's 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 more of a a military organization now, less of a you know less of the the warrior monks kind of a deal. Uh, But uh, knight is still one of the uh, the ranks that you achieve if you're in it long enough. You go knights templar. There you are. I see. We see you. We acknowledge you. We'll get back to you. I'm sure. This is the last. Yeah. 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 Um, so, okay. So that is 1307. And that's when Baphomet now enters as the Christian devil. And you hear almost nothing about it historically until somewhere between 1854 and 1861. Okay. These are the two, two dates I've, I found the, these two dates on when the same book was published. So it, it got a little murky there for a little bit on, on which one it really is. So we're going to say that's that's the range. Okay. Um, and this is by a book by uh, a French occultist, Eliphas Levy. Oh, Mr. And the Levy. book was called Dogme et Ritual de la Haute Magie. Translates to Transcendental Magic and its Doctrine and Ritual. All right. And in this book is where Levy creates the Sabbatic Goat which is the hermaphroditic winged human with a goat head. And that is what we now know as Baphomet. For Baphomet. So it wasn't until, it wasn't until the, the mid-1800s that he got the look, or she got the look, however we want to look at it, that Baphomet it, got the look that, uh, that it, it has today. 
So we're gonna pull up a picture of okay. of Mr. Baphomet. Good, and and the next section here, section here is all about the uh, this the uh, imagery and and symbolism to to Baphomet. Right, I guess you should say to the Sabbatic goat. Yes, Mr. Sabbatic goat. All right, here we go. So I, this is the this is the goat that I have come to know and love. Whoops, is yep. is this one right yep. here? Is this this guy? That one right there. Yeah, though, you know, I I've always inherently made him uh, masculine. I think most people do, which is and crazy because it's neither. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. But I think the reason for that is. It has the the Christian tie-ins, hmm. so you have you know Baphomet's supposed to be the devil. The devil is Lucifer, even though you know archangels technically don't have gender themselves. They're male, they're female, they're kind of whatever they they show to be. Uh, but in in a religion that is based around male superiority, obviously the only only being that could stand up to God, who is supposed to be the Father, would be a son, another male. So I think that's why we all kind of look at Baphomet and just automatically assume, dude. Interesting patriarchal societies riding in and kind of taking over religion because for so long there was either an equal balance of power or matriarchal power in the pagans and to further distance themselves from their heathen, you know, uh, uh, adversaries. It's like, no, 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 no. We're the men. We're doing this shit. Whose dick is bigger? Let's get into a dick slapping contest. You know, women didn't do this. We we, we wouldn't have done this. Well, you're not going to measure dicks if you don't have one. I'm just saying. It's Look never a dick slapping contest. <laughs> you know? No, 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 no. You don't slap the dick. You just flop it on the table and see who's bigger. Yeah, no I, don't play that. I don't play that game. Don't, don't slap the dick. Steffi, do not slap the dick. That's not right. I mean, I've not I've right. slapped a dick or two in my day. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Just bad at it like a kid. <laughs> <laughs> is that better? That right there is like the weirdest foreplay ever. <laughs> hey, some people I'm sure are into it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I kept thinking when we were looking at that. Uh, the, the best picture, it seemed like he had a club dick. And my brain immediately went to South Park when that those kittens were playing with that lady's boobs as they were dragging across the floor. So anytime <laughs> genitalia is depicted in art at ground level, there is a kitten somewhere ready to bat at it. Ready to bat at it. Ready to bat at it. <laughs> well, that was that that was a tail, not a penis, but I could definitely, you know, my mind kind of went in the same direction when I first it saw it. It looks that. like a clubbed penis, is what it looks like. hundred <laughs> percent. So okay, so let's look at the the imagery and, and the symbolism behind it all, right? So everything about the sabbatic goat is about polarity, right? Even the the hand placement, so above as b- above, so below, uh, balance between spirituality and physical. It's it's that it's everything. There's always a duality when it comes to the goat, right? animal and man, uh, man woman. You know the fact that he's from Aphrodite and technically both and neither at the same time. Yeah, those are that is quite the bosom. They're very perky. 
They are very, very perky. Maybe I need to call upon Baphomet to help me because my girls are heading south as it is, and I do not need the kittens batting on the bosom. (laughs) There are some chest lift exercises that keep them that perky after that many millennia. I need to know. I'm just saying. I need to know. Well, I mean, you know, they're perky, but Baphomet's not exactly voluptuous. You know, gravity is going to play a part, even with the deities. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but the only thing they're good for if you put them up that high is like resting your chin on it so you can take a nap. Gravity defying bosom. Oh. I will never unsee it now. <laughs> Sorry, it's just never going to not be there. That's, that's how you know. That's how you know that uh, Baphomet is a deity of some sort. The bosom just defies gravity and floats there. Yes. Uh, so anyway, so let's let's start with the the one symbol that seems to be misconstrued the most and turned into something evil, and that's the pentagram. So the pentagram in the forehead, mm. and it was placed the way it was, pointing upwards as to be pointing to the symbol of light. So, you know, the, the upside down pentacle was not the original. It was, it's, it was a pentagram itself, and it was right side up. Um, but, of course, you know, when you vilify something, you, you find ways to make it evil. Um, yeah, so, so I have your pentagram is... Is 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 star mm-hmm. pentacle is star with said circle, yeah. and then you can flip those fuckers upside down. Now, yeah, and that's okay. So that isn't one of these other like misconstrued things. So that is the technical pentacle pentagram. Um, a lot of people now see pentagram or pentacle. Sorry, I'm even starting to confuse myself a little bit. Here. Yeah, oh, yeah. The pentagram as being upside down because it's supposed to look like a goat head. And therefore, it's satanic, and it's of the devil. But there, there's no way, because yeah, it, it, uh. no, exactly. It's actually there are churches I drove past in the countryside that have pentagrams, and mm-hmm. they they're not pent. Some of them, depending on how the stained glass is, does come across as a pentacle. But that yeah. star is a time timeless symbol of the heavens and of God. And I, I understand those points being in a certain place, especially when you've got God's light and God's rage shining down into all the other points of blah, 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 you know, and then, then you start getting into your inverted to make it more look like the five points of a goat's face or whatever, you know, and, and you brought up the, you bring up the interesting point. So originally they were put on houses and churches and barns to ward off evil, because like you said, you know, it, it was supposed to be a reference to God. So what's the exact opposite? The star pointing downward. You know, a lot of the symbolism of there is is the opposite. You know, uh, it's said that uh, Jesus was uh, died on the cross at uh, uh, three three p.m. And that's why three a.m. is seen as the demonic witching hour. So it's that it's that uh, that exact opposite. So whether it actually holds any any basis of truth or, or logic or anything like that to it. Probably not. It's just a way to to vilify and, and you know point out the clear good guy versus the bad guy. And and now we're already coming back to the shitty ass PR rep. So the next thing that I think is is worth mentioning on the the Baphomet imagery uh, is the hand placement, right? And they're placed in the sign of Hermetism, and that is based on the teaching. Of, and I'm going to butcher this name. I apologize. Hermes Trismegistus. 
And that was a, a god that was kind of the, the cross between the Greek god Hermes and the Egyptian god Thoth. Mm. And so it's kind of like a, a combination of the two, right? And when you look at the that picture of the Baphomet you pulled up, the one hand is pointing to the white moon of Chesed and the other to the black moon of Jabura, right? And this is the Kabbalistic tree of life. It represents mercy and justice. So Chesis represents kindness and love, and Gibura uh, is seen as a symbol for power, strength, and judgment. So moving from the hands, we then go down to the arms, where I personally don't see much of a difference between the two of them, but one arm is drawn male, and the other arm is supposed to be female. Another iconic part to it is the fire between his horns, um, and that was the magic of light and universal balance but it also represents the soul. And it, it represents that uh, the soul shines above, but is tethered to the mortal coil. The, uh, the god-like gravity-defying breasts represent humanity, which makes obvious sense. You know, uh, nourishing of babies, we all kind of start there. Um, we get down to uh, between, uh, between Baphomet's legs, and you have a caduceus. So that is, you know, obviously it's the staff with the two snakes coming up around it. You see a lot when it comes to uh, uh, the medical field. Uh, and in this imagery, it stands for fertility and eternal life. Um, next, we have the head of the beast. So this is, this is probably like the most impactful, I think, of the, the imagery. And it's supposed to represent the horror of the sinner. And they say that the soul is insensitive and only suffers when it's materialized. And when it suffers that, or when it materializes, that's when it bears punishment alone. And that's what the goat head, that's why the goat head, that's why the, the, the evil looking top half. Um, so, you know, all of this imagery that he, that Levy chose on this is all it's balanced and it, it actually shows, you know what? Hey, you're going to suffer if you do shitty stuff. You know, yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's your responsibility to suffer the consequences of your own actions. Exactly. It's, it's not like it's it sounds to me there's not like some divine being that is going to pass judgment on you. Your soul is going to suffer the consequences of positive or negative actions all on its own. Yep. Yep. Whether there's a divine being or not to pass the judgment, you're gonna suffer because if you do something shitty, you deserve to. Right. And your soul's gonna recognize that. It's gonna see it when it's stuck to the to the the mortal plane. Um he also the last bit of uh symbolism really that it's worth noting uh is uh he has the uh, the four elements tied into it right so water is uh built into if you look at the stomach area uh instead of skin he uh Baphomet has scale oh okay uh, yeah the semicircle above the caduceus and on his stomach is supposed to represent uh the atmosphere of the earth so that has the air the the fire is the obvious uh, fire between uh, uh, between the horns on its crown, and then the earth is the globe that uh, she's sitting on. So That's all, kind of all like, four of the elements are in there. But it's like a representation of our interconnectedness to the physical and spiritual yep. world around us, like yep. living in harmony. Yeah, like interconnectedness. I think is a is a thing that people get lost on a lot, but. Um, I know I spent a lot of time on interconnectedness with Buddhism and stuff. Mm -hmm. yep. So 
um, living at harmony with with those and the elements around you is is a, is a big thing. That doesn't seem very evil to me. I'm saying, you know. No. no, so far as of right now, the only evil thing that Baphomet can be uh, attributed to is the slaughtering and and uh, uh, persecution of the Knights Templar for just being good businessmen. So we kind of go in a little bit of historical quiet time again for, for good old Baphomet. Um, and it's not until 1913 that he really comes back into the limelight. And this time it's partnering up with good old Aleister Crowley. Cause you can't talk anything occultist without mentioning Crowley. <laughs> what I think hashtag, is- hashtag house Crowley. <laughs> Mr. Crowley. You know, I think this is an interesting point in American and European history. And at, at this time, when you're when you're looking at the early 1900s, because you're you're coming around and off of uh, like the first Great War kind of deal, yep. and that's when there's a lot more uh, interest into the cult and kind of like rebelling against previous traditions mm-hmm. of the Victorian era and such. So that over sense of prude and stuff and it's like we followed all the rules and we still got into this war and we've seen some shit so now we yep. need some better explanation other than your biblical bullshit to explain exactly. why the world's fucked up and how we're going to interact with it and then you get this huge rise of occultism and yep. it's any crazy ass soapbox that you can find coming out of the late 1800s into the early 1900s occult my i mean yep. There's an episode I want to get to because there's this is a when a lot of traction got uh, got gr- or a lot of traction to the um, inner earth movement too based on mysterious uh, knowledges from the, the far the far and away you know that people saw traveling through the great wars and stuff and the expansion of all those um, Oh my God. It's like the whole world opened up all of a sudden there's trade routes, there's trains, mm-hmm. there's planes, there's yep. ships going everywhere. And, yep. and it's like, we're seeing all this new and weird shit and we're going to just, we're going to embrace all of it for better. Well, or and, for worse. And during this, during that time, and this still date back to even back to when Levy was writing his book and first bringing out the, uh, the, the, not the sabbatic goat. It's also the time that the spiritualist movement is really taking off. Oh, yeah. Right. So all across Europe, all across the United States, Canada, everywhere. Now, now people are starting to uh, acknowledge publicly and openly, uh, you know, spirits and mediums and seances become a huge thing to go to. Um, I mean, even, uh, even Abraham Lincoln went to multiple, many seances, you know, he was, he was a true believer. Um, and actually, uh, one of the books I have, uh, talks about a couple of times, he actually had, uh, prophetic dreams. So it, it it's no surprise that this is all hitting. <laughs> that this How is all hitting at the same time. Seriously, though, How? everybody did. I mean, hell, he was uh, he was uh, uh, commissioned by uh, the the Allied forces in World War II. Little little known uh, side tangent, you know they they hired him to work magic against Hitler and and Hitler's occultist side. Um, you know the. The the peace sign was created by Crowley as as a uh, a magical defense. I I I kind of see Alistair Crowley as as an Andy Warhol, if you will. 
they're the same in my mind. I can't stand either one of them. I literally can't stand them. I, I, I avoid the Crowley at every turn, but the impact on history and on knowledge, just like Warhol's impact on art is undeniable. So I can hate this style. I want look at him. Look at him. Come on. Come on. Yeah. But like (laughs) Warhol did the same thing. I mean, it's monopolizing kind of and embracing the culture of the time and feeding it back in a very powerful, meaningful way that changes a mass perception of the culture around you. So for me to not acknowledge and appreciate that impact and that quest and thirst for, uh, you know, esoteric knowledge. Yeah. Crowley, you did good execution, however. Oh, he was terrible, terrible human being. Terrible. I mean, uh, now I, uh, let me, let me say this though. I, I, I've only, I, I can't go. I haven't done actual full research into Crowley. You know, a lot of it is stories that I've heard from other people. And as, as many people as you will find that will praise his name and talk about all the amazing shit he did. And, and the amazing person he was, you'll find just as many who say the exact opposite. You know, I'm, I've, I've said this on the podcast before. I'll save it a thousand times. One of my favorite quotes from Buddhism class when I, when I studied Buddhism, particularly like Theravada and Tibetan Buddhism and stuff, there was like a saying that came about. And my teacher loved to remind us and he'd say, there's, there's a Buddhist saying, if you meet a Buddha, kill him. And it's this 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 idea that um, that you have to question all knowledge, and your path to enlightenment is your path. And you can read everything, you can talk to everybody, but ultimately, it's yours yeah. uh, to what you do with it. So, I mean, I it's like some of your information is good, some of it's questionable. I'm glad I have enough wherewithal to to read and question the same thing. And I, yeah. I approach that with all things. It's not just, you know, like, oh, do we really land on the moon? Where's the proof? <laughs> you know, I'm that person, you know, and it's weird to talk to a witch like that because there aren't normally witches who like to debunk the witchy things. But that's that's what yeah. I do. That's like, that's my yeah. thing. But he, you know, he he found hey, a path. As somebody who has read for you, I can attest to that. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he found his path, bless his heart. He did the things. Yeah. Uh, that's he, not the path I'm going to follow. That, that no. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. No. <laughs> but some people will follow him all the way through 100%, take him at 100% of his word. You know, yep. there are the diehards. I yep. dated one back in the day. Maybe <laughs> that's where that, but some of it, it amazes me because it's the same level of blind faith that, that they also criticize Christians for. You know, when you start rejecting science for your religion and you're ignoring blatant scientific yep. proven fact because it doesn't yep. jive with your religious materials, some of Alistair's followers to this day are in the same camp. And yeah. How? Yep. You're, 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 how are you criticizing? You're smarter the, than this. Yeah, you're criticizing the Christians because they're they're not enlightened, blah blah blah, and they're just taking a book at face value. Guess what you're doing, motherfucker? So I got in a fight exactly. with that guy a lot. <laughs> a lot. I mean, you're you're not wrong. I always I always say I would rather listen to a, a believer that's a skeptic than a blind than somebody who who goes blindly on faith. 
when you when you question, you strengthen your own your own uh, your own faith. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna. Uh, I, I think that ends my rant on Mr. Crowley. So I'm gonna give him the respect okay. that he apparently deserves. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say you know, mad mad respect him because, like you said, he did a lot of a lot of things. He did a, he brought forth a lot of knowledge. Um, you know, he he helped move forward the entire uh, neo pagan movement for the most part and, and witchcraft. So kudos it's on not the good a stuff. Fan of his personal teaching. Just yeah, no, same here. Okay, so we will make one little little note on uh, Mr. Crowley, and then we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't realize in, he was tied to the Baphomet, so I'm kind well, of like just just in the fact of so in 1913 is when he wrote the Gnostic Mass, right? Which was kind of just a mockery of the the Catholic Mass in his own way of saying. Um, and when he wrote the Gnostic Mass, he adopted Baphomet into it. Hmm. Which is just another nail in the coffin of. So he juxtaposed him to a yep. to to a Catholic mass. I'm assuming when you say mass, like a, a Catholic service. Yeah. So the the Gnostic mass is kind of like your your satanic mass. It's the black mass. Oh, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's essentially it was just done as a mockery to to make fun of make fun of the cats, as I understand it. You know. Yeah, but then that's given the. The Christians, the fuel, exactly. the fire as to why this yep. guy is the devil, because exactly. he has immediately put him as juxtaposition to a Catholic mass. Exactly. Prevailing Christianity at this time. Bingo. Oh, so dirty pool, man. Dirty, dirty. pool. So, you know, from there, it kind of goes quiet a little bit again. And the satanic temple really kind of brought Baphomet back uh in a, a huge media push in uh, 2015 uh when they were trying to get a statue of baphomet uh educating two small children as uh to put in place of the ten commandments at the oklahoma state capitol building no. and when that didn't work they tried to get it put into uh detroit and <laughs> they've tried a couple different places and as i understand it none of them have yet to take well it's but it's interesting watching those documentaries on those because I have watched them mm-hmm. and I, I know you're going to dig a little more into the meat of the satanic temple and a, a little bit more of that. I, I, I see yep. that coming, but what it's interesting is, is they're just saying, if you have a right to put up the 10 commandments, right? This was one of the pro thing. You have a right to put up Christian 10 commandments in a free religious society. I have a right to put up a symbol of my religion publicly as well. Exactly. And they were so offended by that, that like the Christians, which were prevailing, that they went, okay, we're not even going to put up anything because we don't want to see your shit. So if you have a right to put up your shit, we're not going to put up our shit. And it's just a statement on, 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 uh, the hip hypocrisy of, of what we're claiming to be a free and even society, right? Like, exactly. Oh, it's okay. As long as it's a hundred percent what you believe in, where no, 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 the rules are black and white. I love me a good loophole, right? Ten Commandments are you know the 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 our our, our religion is or our government has a shit ton of those built in, and he found one just to point out like you guys are assholes to think that. Well, if I remember correctly, even the atheists were like, uh, maybe not, maybe, maybe we don't do that. So you know because it all still has that that negative connotation and you know we'll we're going to touch real briefly here in about two seconds on the satanic temple 
Yeah. Um, and you'll kind of see why it's. Mm. Okay. So now we're leading into the satanic panic of uh, the 1980s and 90s. Anybody watching this and, and listening to this that lived through those times, you're going to know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, I don't know if some of the younger viewers and, and listeners uh, really understood or, or really does understand the, the deep-seated fear that they, they really pushed <laughs> back in those days. Everything was of the devil. Everything was evil. Uh, around every corner, there was a potential cult that was going to kidnap you and rape you and cut your guts out in an attempt to raise demons and Satan and all that kind of good stuff. I mean, it makes for a juicy story. Oh, it does. I mean, it was a, it was a total media blitz, and they probably sold so much great screen time because of it. Uh, but I think before we dive a little bit more into that, it's it's kind of important to look at what led to it, right? And the first the first thing we're going to th- you know you would think about would be the Satanic Temple. So the Satanic Temple was founded in the 1960s. The exact date is is. Not fully known. Everything I saw, because like I said, I, I want to stick to this, the historical uh, documentation, not necessarily uh, the church's own doctrine and and, and uh, labels. Uh, so Anton LaVey founded it in the, in the 1960s. Um, and this, the, the kick in the nuts is it's, it's a non-theistic practice. So at its core, the satanic temple does not believe in God. You know, there's no deities in, in their eyes. They, you know, atheism and non-theism is the same thing, essentially. Um, now, there's become a whole lot of different offshoots of Satanism since uh, uh, LeVay started the, the Satanic Temple. Uh, but that was kind of the, the basis to it. It, it was, it was uh, kind of a, a, a ridicule of Christianity to show uh, an, a secondary path, it, to show that you don't have to live with all the the guilt and disappointment that uh, you know that we were taught in church and and you know I mean I I, I Irish Catholic here you know <laughs> I yeah. know the guilt right um, you know you can still live a good life you don't have to abstain from all the things that are fun just you know you can still be a good person and and you don't have to feel guilty about every little thing you do and that was kind of that was kind of the direction that uh, the Satanic Temple was was brought to to be under. Uh, so, you know, yeah, they took a, a name that they knew was going to piss people off. Um, but the message was never bad. And I, I'll be honest, you know, I'm 39 years old. I didn't realize that, you know, I've never really looked into the officialness of, of the, the satanic temple. And I, I've heard it a little bit from, you know, people who come into the shop and the few people I've met that practice it. Um, but it's only later in life that I fully understood that it, it, it has nothing to do with the devil. It's amazing because again, we're seeing this social commentary, like the, the fact that, you know, God does not make you a good person because that hypocrisy does live. It's like, okay, you can do whatever you want. As long as you're absolved and you ask for it. No, 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 no. What I've learned about Satanism is that you are accepting the consequences of all of your own actions and things. You are in control. There are no higher powers moving you around. Nobody's tempting you. There's no little thing on, no little little good side, little bad side (laughs) hanging out, you know, on your shoulders trying to tell you, you know, that something is inherently good or evil because those things are subjective to a culture. 
And most people tend to reject the fact that um, there's a deeper uh, level to basic morality that yeah. can exist beyond these things. And and I love that they did it by this full out punk fly in your face, rebellious kind of way of doing it. But it's, it's, it's almost like the church made like the Catholic church or the Christian church made it that way on purpose. If it's, if you're not with yeah. us, you're against us. Right. Like that has been their motto since the crusades basically. Yep. And they just go, what? No. I reject your reality and substitute my own. <laughs> okay, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the only way of walking around. You know, it's, yep. it's, it's like, okay, why you can show somebody do basic human respect. If they're, if they worship the same God as you, why, why is that? Why can't you just say, Hey, that's a person, you know? And I, I did a lot of reading on, the satanic, uh, satanic Bible and things. Cause I had my morbid curiosity, right. Cause my dad, Southern Baptist born Catholic, you know, all that fun stuff. And, um, I'm like, well, how does the other half live? Why is this so evil? And the more you read, the more like, this isn't evil at all. No, no. Uh-uh. And, and you know, you got to wonder if, if LeVay had chosen a different name for it, if he hadn't used satanic temple, um, you know, if he would have just feel like the, the happy rainbow temple, you know, and, and not put that, that name that he would knew would automatically, uh, you know, kind of dig a, dig a knife in the side of, of, um, you know, what was considered good, honest, decent people, where would it be now? How big of a religion could it have turned into? How many more people could it have reached? I mean, you're actually like, you're picking the ultimate symbol of the questioning of God's will and, and, mm -hmm. and his plan. Right. Cause that's, if you actually read the Bible, that's the devil, the devil, right. You know, yep. the biggest yep. sin he committed was that his love for God was so great. He questioned that. Why would you choose these people who don't even like you, you know, as to us who, exactly. who know, yep. you know, who know your vast greatness, like how did they deserve, you know, and he just questioned and yeah. which is nuts. How dare you? All great teachers love being challenged, all being questioned. What kind of God walks around and is like, you, you want to question my will? All right. You know, like, uh, bye. No, like it's all teachable opportunities. I do this in yeah. the bakery all the time. I mean, maybe I identify cause that's how I live. Cause I'll, I'll be like, Steph, don't do that. And I'll be like, why? And they're like, because this will happen. I was like, I got to see it myself. Hold on. And I can't tell you how many times in the bakery I've, I've done something stupid because I had to see what they were saying for myself. I didn't take them. Because yep. at first, they're like, you can't spray airbrush whipped cream. And I'm like, yeah, I can. It was one of the, you know, and I tested it and they're like, I'm like, oh, look, the airbrush went on the cream. Well, it won't hold color. I'm like, well, you didn't say that. You said I just can't you couldn't spray do it. it. Yeah, the curiosity needs. So I'm like, I'm on my own tangent, but like, I get it why this guy would be the symbol of that because that's what you're asking people to do is to question your creator and your existence and think for yep. yourself and function. It's just a shame that people are threatened by that. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that your faith can be challenged like that. But in reality, exactly. like what, like scientists, the more that they get in there where they're like the science and they're like the science is for the devil. 
But the more they do the science, they're like, there has to be a God because this is insane. There's no way that this could be. You know, well, I, mean, and I love the fact that the Big Bang Theory was actually put forth by a Catholic monk. You know, science to me, science proves the existence of a higher power. You know, and a lot of people argue that and, and will then throw out a million different things on, on why that that is completely wrong. But things that, uh, you know, we, we, I experience on a daily basis tells me that there is a higher power and that they communicate with us on a regular basis. What I also love about this, the Satanism is just why I really dug into it myself was that they're like, no higher power is coming to save anybody. So don't sit there wasting your time praying for God, right? If there's a massacre of, of from, from a hurricane, you better get your own ass down there with bottles of water because no God is coming to save these people, right? Yep. Like yep. you have a certain responsibility to your community and to function and not just sit there praying for miracles. Like you have to affect this change that you want, which is, which is how, because like I, uh, I went through the divorce and I needed help getting back on my feet. And I reached out on the Facebooks about um, trying to pick up some extra jobs, trying to find some extra money with the divorce to get an apartment. Next thing I know, my friend who's a still city Satanist is all over that shit. <laughs> and all these Satanists like out of their ass and the kindness of their heart yep. wound up helping me get gift cards so I could get the baby a bed so I could get new clothes because my mother-in-law threw everything away, helped me get little things together so I could get on my feet and get my apartment up and run. And they wanted nothing in return. In return. It was yep. their obligation as a good Satanist to further the development of the community around them. Yep. And they didn't do it by saying, Hey, convert to us. They just said, Hey, no God, you know, Hey, you need help. I got you. I'm a human. I'm here. I got, I'm responsible for my actions. You're a human. I see you human. I'm going to help you human. You know, and a lot of this evil shit that they're talking about only happens is like severe acts of retaliation. You know, it's not like don't act unprovoked, you know. Well, you know, and and one of my favorite uh, things, and and this goes longer back than than I've been a pagan, um, is looking at somebody like, oh, how Christian of you, Mm. you know, I knew the exact kind of moment that, and I'm sure everybody knows that, that moment. Or somebody who, you know, Bible thumps and, and talks about all the good stuff they do, just acts a complete shithead. And it's like, oh, that's very Christ-like of you. Yeah, you're, you're a great Christian. But when you look at that as a serious and, and point out that stuff on a serious note, a lot of the times you're looking at, uh, you know, a pagan. Or you're looking at somebody that would be in the true sense of uh, the satanic temple. You know, a lot of the times they really truly harbor that that feeling of compassion and love for each other that the Christian churches all want to claim is theirs. Yeah. But you know, what sucks is is like, it's not just this goat that gave the, the Satanism, the bad rap. Right. Yeah. So like there, there had to be extremists, extreme examples. It's kind of like how, like, um, I have a problem. I have a problem because I I love studying um, uh, uh, stuff in the Middle East. Like I I I, I love um, Islamic art and things like that. Um, the calligraphy is some of the best in the world. Stuff like that. And you know, I know some people coming out of the the wars and stuff, especially since I grew up through the Iraq War and stuff. They're like, oh, why are you interested in that Talhead shit? That's for the devil. The Christians aren't that way. Why are you wasting your time? And I'm like, oh, okay. You're taking one extremist group 
who did something incredibly stupid and are now using that to represent an entirety of its peoples and what they believe. So we're starting out with a really solid base here. Like the satanic temple. Okay. They got a bad rap because they got a goat guy, but their principles are amazing. So who, who fucked this up for the Satanists? Like who were these extremists that, that gave them an even worse rap? Okay. So there was, there's, you know, three other things that kind of came up along that same time frame that, that, really kind of aided in the the panic uh first off was uh one of them was the rise of wicca and i, I hate to say it because the wiccan faith is is very peace and peaceful very loving uh but you have this very public uh witchcraft related religion pop up at the same time so that kind of started adding to the panic also um especially coming into the 70s when wicca took less of a british heritage base to its belief and more of a nature based and then started getting involved with the feminist movement. So, you know, it's it's all kind of growing and it's all building. Um, and those you know, feminine wilds. Oh, I'll tell you to the devil. Evil. Y'all, y'all gave us an apple and sold us out to the devil. All right. We haven't forgiven you yet. It's never uh, going to happen. That's <laughs> what I'm sensing. Uh, you know, along the same time frame, you had the Manson cult. So Charlie Manson gets his family together and they do some really twisted, evil, fucked up shit, which culminates in the ever uh, popular uh, Sharon Tate murders that we all know about from 1969. It was all very ritualistic. They were trying to push, you know, helter skelter. They were trying to push that that race war. They were trying to push um, the the evil uh, ritualistic cult type uh, uh, belief structure. Uh, so that was one of the other tie-ins to, and that, you know, it's, it's building at this point. And then we have serial killer, Richard Ramirez, who, uh, went on a massive killing spree. And when he got arrested and, and he was finally being brought to justice, he was telling everybody that he was a Satanist oh, no. and that he knew he was, he was personal friends with Anton LaVey. Oh no. So LaVey acknowledged in an interview that he had met Ramirez once in passing on the street ramirez had never been in the church never participated in anything but the damage was done so like they just wanted to add more shock and awe to exactly. what they've the, the the thing that they've done yep they're like yep. Oh, how could you do something so evil and demand oh i do okay, this with okay, my family yeah they're like oh steph what are you up to now and since i'm the evil witch starting a cult and stuff i said tell them i'm a prostitute and i do the mess <laughs> tell them the worst thing possible because that's what they want to hear that's going to get me more attention i'll live longer in infamy in their mind is this evil thing you yep. know i'll cement and, my name and and that's how the modern day salem witch trial started and it it the parallel to it is unbelievable. So you have false claim from a bunch of kids who are seeking attention. You have overzealous authoritarian figures in the in the police departments, and then you have a mass hysteria that was fed into by the media. You know, um, it just it snowballed, and next thing you know, it's in the news all the time, and it it, it sells. You know, sex sells. Murder cells, Satan cells. So, you know, at the same time, you also have all the the reports of Satan being in music. You know, like we touched in the beginning, sex, drug, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You know, uh, uh, Judas Priest. You know, you played the album backwards, and it's I worship Satan. So they they have all these media stories about how kids are being recruited to serve the Dark Lord, and 
you know, getting ritually abused and murdered all in the attempt to raise Satan and, and demons. And it just no Satanists would do because that's a waste of their time. There is no exactly. God. There is no devil. Why yeah. would I waste my time? Now that's mainstream Satanism, right? Yeah. There's, yeah. there's that atheist level to it. You're not mm-hmm. going to waste your time raising demons, yeah. but there are offshoots that are like, if you're going to raise a demon, Okay, you're doing that under your own responsibility to do yep. said thing, and it's it's for your quest for knowledge or whatever, and 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 there's still this kind of like harm none rule yep. to it when yep. they're working with demonic entities or or even Lucifer or what they believe to be an incarnation of Lucifer. Now that again, yep. that's a subset. That is not yeah. every yeah. Satanist, uh, like so any Luciferian. Uh, practitioner, which is a subset, can be Satanist, but not every yeah. Satanist will work with demons or devils. So most of exactly, them- yeah. It, it's like being Methodist, Lutheran, or Catholic. You're still Christian, but you're a different. You know, you're a subsect. Yeah, you know? but even then, you're not raising the demons to cause mischief. You're 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 raising the demons for knowledge and self discovery and empowerment yeah. of the yeah. self, yeah. not to harm other exactly. people. Which is crazy because there's still an ethic and morals being laid down that does not, again, sound inherently evil because the farther you get into working the pagan path or the witch path or whatever, you work with dark and light. You can't yep. curse if you can't heal. There are exactly. two sides of a coin. They're, they're, they're a duality that exists and must be embraced. And, and, and it all creates balance. It's not all in the sake of mischief and mayhem. Exactly. Yep. Now, just to show a little... A little bit on how far this went. Uh, the the one case, and I had completely forgotten about this. You know, it's something I remember hearing about as as uh, a kid. Was what they called the West Memphis Three. Mm. Right? So the West Memphis Three was uh, 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 three teenagers who were wrongfully convicted of murder, and they ended up serving eighteen years in prison. They got out in two thousand eleven when their names were finally cleared. So you know, we're, we're looking mid nineties. So this went on for a long ass time. And the only evidence and the only thing that the cops had to tie them to the murders is that they were goth. And that was it. They, they coached them. I don't know if yep. you've seen the interviews for that, but they coached them. They, yep. they brought the, sat- the Satan into the West Memphis Street. If you talk to these kids individually, it would not yep. have been a satanic panic case. Yep. It was just, you know, misguided, rebellious youth being stupid. You know, they were yep. in the wrong place, wrong time. But they're yeah. like, this has to be the, the, the Satan. There's cults over here and here and here. And it looks like a ritualistic murder. So we're going to pry it. And they ask all these leading questions and are like, yeah. oh, you did this right because of Satan, right? And the kids are like, if that lets me go home and you quit antagonizing me, then yes, because I'm a scared exactly. child. Exactly. Yep. It's, it's the exact same way that they got uh, a whole bunch of people to uh, uh, admit to witchcraft in Salem. It's how they got a whole bunch of the Knights Templar to admit to it in in 1307. It just yeah. they got bullied and they got you know their own form of torture uh, to to get the answers out that they wanted. And it's they because everybody was so terrified of this. Yeah, you know, they and, said and, it's a career case. If yep. if we sensationalize this, we're going to be like the best police department ever. Yeah. Well, and it's, but it's it's not only that though. So let's let's take it on the side of the cops weren't the ones sensationalized. Right. Let's say it was the media. Now you have all of West Memphis is absolutely fucking terrified that there's an active satanic cult 
killing people, right? The cops are going to do everything they can to solve that murder as fast as possible to, to cause the panic to go away. I'm not saying that's what it is, but you know, there's, there's multiple sides to the coin. You know, were they feeding into it themselves? Hell yeah. They were. were they trying to get the case solved as quickly as possible to, to calm down the panic and people's fear? Yeah, that was probably a part of it also. Uh, but it, it doesn't stop the fact that three teenage kids went to prison for 18 years for nothing because they were goth. And I mean, you know what? I mean, looking back on it growing up, everybody thought like, oh, you're, you're goth. Oh, they're weird. They probably practice, you know, probably witches and they practice and they talk to the devil. And uh, it just, it was the mentality that everybody had because there was this panic going on and everybody saw Satan worshiping cults behind every freaking corner. You know, what's crazy is when me, me walking around as a goth kid myself, um, you know, you, you fall a little bit in love with the darkness and then you realize that it's not as evil as, as I mean, it's just night. You just don't understand it because it's darker and then yeah. going, you're misunderstanding the, that, that death can make life more beautiful. Right. Like when you start walking the goth path and I'm sitting there and I've got like, I wasn't a devil witch. I was barely a baby witch. I, I mean, I was reading all the books yeah. back then. I had Kabbalah on my shelf. I had the, um, the, the, the Egyptian book of the dead on my shelf. Like I was reading all of it. There was no devil in my, no. in my goth in, in my gothness. I, uh. Well, and this, the sad part is, is the, the panic still is going on. It's oh, nowhere yeah. near as bad as it used to be. Okay. And, and even you can even say, you know, 2020, 2021 has really taken a step further away from it. Uh, you know, the metaphysical world is exploding. There's so many you know, baby witches and so many people reaching out to new spiritual ideas and thoughts that this might finally be what kicks it. Um, but, you know, even just look at little Nas X, Ooh. you know, uh, uh, he's a hip hop star, little, little Nas X. He had a music video where he goes to hell and bangs the devil and then kills him and takes the throne um, and he recently put out a, was trying to do a, a, a line of sneakers uh, with uh, Nike where a little droplet of blood was going to get put in the sole of all the shoes. Wait, wait, you're going to tell me, wait, hold on. Wait, wait. You've never heard any of this? No, wait, but look, wait, hold on. Look, look at this guy. Yes. Look, look at him. Yes. How, I, this does not look like a Satanist to me. This looks like a, a pink cowboy. Yeah. What is this? Yeah, in, in one of his music videos, look he at this. look yeah. at this. Look look at this amazing. He, he goes pink down to a rhinestone outfit. He goes down the hell, gives Satan a lap dance, and ends up, you know, the the imagery is that they end up banging and he kills Satan, like rips his head off and takes the throne back again. Uh, he's he's not killing anything. No. There, there's no, no way. But then these Nike sneakers and him wanting to put blood in it and, and doing like satanic kind of stuff to it. And it was right after the music video. So, you know, it was all publicity tie in, but you know, that kind of started it all over again. Um, a couple That's years definitely ago, a shock and awe campaign. There's no way. Oh, mo this oh, most, most definitely. But you know, a couple years ago, there was this, uh, uh, little uh, deep, dark internet rumor going around about celebrities and politicians wearing red shoes. Have you heard of this one? No, and the red shoes was supposed to represent that they were part of uh, ritual ritualistic sacrificing 
and the, they would wear red shoes to hide the blood. That's why Deadpool did, right? He tried to wear white. It's like, that's yeah. a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, I wear red to hide the blood. Yeah, the guy in the brown pants gets it. Uh, but you know, so that, that rumor was going on and it was all kind of tying in with the whole, uh, uh, Epstein and, uh, whichever, uh, nobleman in, in England that was caught with, you know, uh, potentially diddling kids and all that kind of stuff. And there was, uh, an Island where they were ritually hunt people, uh, rumor going around. So that, that still all ties in. Right. And then you have, you know, people are still kind of programmed to be wary of the goth kids. Personally, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. If I was if I was a teenager all over again this time, uh, this time, you know, knowing what I do now, I would probably be a god. I mean, I still am, but a lot of it's now in my 30s out of practicality. Like yeah. the number one, the black, very slimming. Okay. I'm a I'm a chunky monkey now. All right. I've, I'm a woman. I've had some babies. I'm also not the neatest person ever. So if I don't wear the dark, <laughs> the coffee stain will show up. I also decorate the cake. So, like, how much food dye would I be covered in? Exactly. Washes out of black very <laughs> easily. <clears throat> so now it's not only a dark representation of my soul, but it's also practical. Yeah. And everything matches. All I got to do is pull out everything black and then maybe a pop of color. And I never have to walk out of this house and put, there's some, I mad respect to the commitment to the, the God. Oh, yeah. Mad oh, respect. Yeah. The only thing I don't miss is the chains I used to wear on my pants because I get stuck on everything. <laughs> you know, the wallet I, chain? Yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. stuck a lot. I, that went away. That did go away. And then I stopped wearing the dog collar because of my neck tattoo. I'm like, well, I did not right. go. to cover up the ink. Yeah. I did not go through, you know, seven hours worth of tattooing my neck meat. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> to cover it up. Yeah. No. Just to cover it up. So some of those things just did dived away but i'm like if i was still young oh and now it's cheaper and more affordable than ever i can remember mm-hmm. dropping 80 bucks on goth corsets and now i bought a training corset for like 30 bucks and it's the most comfortable thing ever and i'm like oh it's good to be a goth these days you know, <laughs> you can get to the things i remember the pilgrimage to the hot topic you had to drive because there was, only I, yeah, one I was mall. Say, just just trying to find one yeah there was Outside when it everywhere. opened up there was one mall in high school and you had to drive 45 minutes to get to the mall to make the pilgrimage Listen, coming from middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, 45 minutes was a, you'd, you'd have been lucky. You would have been lucky. <laughs> so, but you know, and, and I, I want to add in a little, uh, personal story on, on how this all kind of ties in and still has panic and, and you're, you're part of the story. Okay. Um, so, you know, we'll talk real quick. Uh, you know, I think, uh, in the first episode I did with you on Vlad, you mentioned about uh, Halloween and that we're going to be doing something at the shop. <laughs> so, Proof <laughs> positive. You can't take me anywhere, guys. Please tell the so, story. Please. So, you know, we put together a, a, a friend of ours uh, uh, started this last year and, and we were fortunate enough that uh, uh, she agreed to hold it at the uh, the shop this year. And it was a, a Samhain ritual. And essentially what we, we did is we got a bunch of people together and uh, we paid honor to uh, uh, the gods and goddesses of, of death and the underworld uh, as a way You're to say thank you. holding our loved ones. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're for, taking for care of our people taking, that passed. 
Exactly. It's all about taking, you know, thanking them for taking care of all of our family that's passed on. And we lit candles and we lit candles for our loved ones who have passed. We had pictures out for them and little trinkets and a little bit of, you know, remembrance. Um, and after the ceremony, we had like a little potluck party. It was a great time. My Viking ass brought the beer and I was drunk. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's mention this right now before I you, cut into the rest of the story. You aren't the only I, one. <laughs> yeah. I am the Viking that brought the burr. Okay. I brought all the beer and I was already three sheets to the wind by the time I got there. I was living my best sound life. Okay. My best sound life. I was so, partying with the dead, pouring them out for my homies. Like I was all about it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Now a, a, for anybody who hasn't uh, uh, been to our shop yet or, or hasn't driven by it or, or know roughly where it's at uh, and, and you should, I'm going to do a, a little plug here, you know, uh, 494 Lincoln Avenue in Bellevue, stop on by, open Monday through Saturday. Anyway, uh, so there's giant plate glass windows, right? And we're in the, the side room where we do our tarot readings and where uh, our candle, uh, we have a, a gentleman who has a candle lab um, that we buy candles off of. And so he, you know, he has his stuff set up right in front of the window because I think it's cool for people to be able to walk down the street and see somebody making candles. Yeah. I have, I'm on my second candle. I love those candles so much. I love it. Um, so we moved everything out of the way and it, it essentially was a big empty room and we were doing the, the ceremony in there. Uh, we're lighting the candles and, you know, me not thinking that we probably should have had some sort of curtains in there to make it private <laughs> and walk on by a group of teenagers who see a bunch of us standing around a table lighting candles. And I'm in a black hooded uh, in the Coke. Yeah, Halloween. even though I'm Sylvie, right? I mean, a lot of our yep. costumes were, were they, they were our Halloween costumes. Yeah, I mean, it was Halloween. So we had one, you know, we had a bunch of witches. I was in uh, in uh, my, my kilt and, and uh, period uh, shirt that I wear when we go to the Renaissance Fair. Uh, my wife was yeah, in her. The, the, the purple hair. She looked gorgeous with her little corset. Yep. Yep. She you know, and that's, that's her, uh, uh, maiden wench maiden type uh, dress that she wears to Renaissance. It was very terrifying. Let me tell you, it was terrifying. <laughs> we were horrifying, uh, but you know, we had, we had, uh, the one gentleman was in a, a, a black robe with a, uh, a mask on that did have a, a pinnacle on the forehead and uh, two horns coming off the top. So, you know, but I was also in Loki crown and, and, but you were in, I was dressed like a Marvel superhero. I know in the circle. So I, I, this kid looks in, sees wench, kilt, Loki, you know, and, and for lack of a better word, some people were in something much more comfortable, much more casual. They weren't in costume. They were in street clothes. And then you got one guy with the mask and the staff. And the horns, you and their their back. instant their instant reaction was, and and I they distinctly remember, oh my god, it's satanic ritual, oh shit, you know, banging on the windows, and you know they they took it too far, but you know, teenage kids, they're going to right. Looking back on it, it probably didn't look the most innocent, but at the same time, yeah, but my dumbass, okay. it was so my dumbass booked it. I broke circle. And ran for the door. They did not expect me to chase after them, but my dumb ass did. And I'm like, I, I remember screaming at him, like, you wouldn't interrupt a fucking church 
You know, like we're honoring the dead. What the fuck is wrong with you? Disrespectful asshole. I remember like you wouldn't walk into a fucking church and disrupt mass. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like just the complete lack of respect. Well, and at at one point, you know, I I tried keeping the circle as long as possible. And and finally it was like, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm just going to try to play the, the soother. And it's like, Hey, you guys need, it's time for you to go. You're you're being disruptive. I, at this point, you could like hear and see the glass of the window just shatter, like shaking. So you know, I was getting a little worried that they were going to hit it a little too hard, and then there's going to be blood everywhere. Um, but you know, the one girl's like, "What's even going on in there?" And we're like, "We're lighting candles to honor our loved ones who have passed away." That's a cult. I'm like, every single church ever has done this. Which it, is it's funny because we had just gotten together explicitly to celebrate. We don't. We I had never met a lot yeah. of these people yeah. until that night. Yep. You know. Well, and pretty much everybody there is a solo practitioner of whatever craft it is that they they practice. You know. Kind of hard to be a cult if everybody's a solo practitioner. Exactly, but it just kind of shows that it, it, everybody's still predisposed to think Satan and to panic and to be worried about it. So while the metaphysical world and spiritual world is growing, there's still a lot of that ignorance. You know, if I was a sane, rational person and I saw somebody doing some hoo-ha that I thought might have been a bit shady, I would have not walked in there and, well, yeah. and started disrupting shit. I wouldn't have, <laughs> I would have left that shit alone and maybe called the cops. I would have preferred a cop car to stroll past with its lights just to peek yep. because they were yep. worried instead of them personally putting themselves in danger with people yep. that they didn't know as children, exactly. yep. which is but, half you know, why I chased their asses down. That's, you know, that's what I said to to Jess and, and Adam and Kendra. I was like, uh, you know, if, if, they, if we really were Satan worshipers and we were brazen enough to be that public about whatever it was we were doing, do you really want to interrupt us? There was no slaughtered goat. There was no <laughs> blood, right? There was no ritual sacrifice there was none of that there were candles and people standing in a circle bowing their heads in their version of prayer how that can be misconstrued is is the evils i don't i don't i can't understand you know i i have been to many services and i have had many people on a pulpit say some stupid ass shit and i still out of respect with like Mm -hmm. oh (laughs) sorry it's just like Reminds me, and and I was going to actually start with this little this little story because I think you would appreciate it. So on, uh, you know, we are raising our daughters Catholic, um, but we're also raising them to be open to the pagan world. You know, it's kind of one of those things that we've decided that you know, if later on in life they want to be uh, uh, Christian, we want to make sure that they have kind of basis in in everything so that they can make the the best decision they can. Um, so I took uh, our oldest to to church this past Sunday. <laughs> as I'm sitting there, I won't mention which church, but uh, as as we're sitting in this Catholic church, and and the the priest is up at the pulpit giving uh, uh, his homily, and there I was sitting there in my head, going over this podcast, and just thinking of all the different stories of the satanic panic, and thinking about Baphomet and the devil, and I just kind of like stop in the middle of it. I look around and I'm like. If anybody here even knew what I was thinking at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel bad because he's he's got a bad rap, 
the, the Satanists got a bad rap, and yep. I don't think anybody should look upon the our, our goat friend here and and feel fear. I mean, there's a, there's a chance for knowledge and and growth as a person and understanding other human beings. There's take that time. Don't be that asshole. Don't be that guy. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it at all. I I enjoyed this immensely. This was fun. Yes. This this was a this was a lovely rabbit hole and I would love to do more episodes about things that you man- mentioned in depth. Oh yeah. Dive through yeah. into the things. You know, I we think got, a lot hmm? We got time. Plenty of episodes know. ahead. Yeah, I'm uh I'm planning my own my the ne- the next next round of episodes is going to be very interesting too because again we're I don't know if it's like the inspiration from the candle or what, but I've been down this like this misconstrued rabbit hole, right? Like we we were we're debunking the vampires, we're unpacking that. Now we're unpacking the Satan, right? And mm-hmm. and we're gonna unpack a cult next as well. Speaking of the cults, so I've been putting this one off for a minute, but yeah, you know, we're gonna unpack some more some weird information. Of of converting the pagans, that fear, and and there's some 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 goddesses involved in the the end of the world. So, Mister, you know, the, the seven seals and shit, and bringing about revelations mm-hmm. and stuff. So, you know, that fear is, is is was was very real. So, I'm I'm real excited to unpack that with you after after doing Baphomet here. Hell yeah. Okay, witches, it's time for your weekly non-offensive dare. It's kind of like extra credit here at the Macabre Academy. To mark my 100-episode commitment to my producer and sister, Sound Maiden, I have come up with 100 safe dares to bring silliness and random acts of kindness into this fucked-up world. We'd love to see our listeners creatively complete these dares on Facebook, the Macabre Academy podcast. Also on Twitter, at the Macabre Academy. On Instagram, the Macabre Academy. And on TikTok, the underscore macabre underscore academy. Do something extraordinary and I might just send you something special. Okay, so I guess that means we should do a dare. I did my dare, by the way. You did your dare? I did my dare. You saved a bug? I saved a bug. What I thought was a grass, it looked like a grasshopper sitting next to my recliner. And I reached for uh, a tissue to to snatch it up before the girls could see it and freak out. I don't know what in the hell it was. It was definitely not a grasshopper. Hmm. I had never seen a bug like that before. So I took it outside. I put it on the railing of the the deck and took a look at it, realized it was kind of prehistoric looking, and I flipped it off into the grass. So I saved the bug. I'm proud of you. That bug did nothing but do its buggy thing. It didn't know better, and it did not have to die. It encroached on my territory. It encroached. (laughs) All right. So we do on page one, two, or three. Let's go one. Top, middle, bottom. Top. In honor of Baphomet's gravity-defying bosom. Uh, One through five. Three. Okay. All right. So. Uh Uh-oh. Real easy. Ready? You're not offensive, dare this week. It's to take it back to kindergarten. Bust out them crayons and draw a picture using only crayons. Oh, hell yeah. 
Yeah. There was a point in high school where I fashioned myself a uh, crayon artist mm. and I exclusively colored all my drawings in with crayons. You can get some serious shading and the depth. I wonder what, what fun magical drawings might come up for the shop or we could try to, I could try to honor Baphomet and do Baphomet colored drawing with the crayons. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, we gotta, we gotta hit this one hard. We gotta do the dare. I'm doing this dare. There was no bug for me to save, but we gotta do it. There's always a bug. To wrap up this episode, we're going to try something new this week where we are going to do a menagerie sponsored divination of the week this week what do we got so this week we're using the uh, eight coins tarot uh, which is actually the uh, the very first deck i got um and it is very much like a um a tattoo art type of stuff so we have the chariot so the chariot talks about uh, a situation or a time where you're moving forward and you're strong enough to be in charge of the chariot of the chariot and you can uh, direct it to the right and to the left and, and you can help steer it along the way. But at the same time, it's moving forward with or without you. So this is this card is telling us and, and you know, take the time to look in your life where there may be an opportunity for you to kind of let loose the reins a little bit. Let the situation drive you forward. Swerve if you need to. Exactly. Take it a little to the right, a little to the left. Direct it as you can. But know that this is happening regardless. So you can give up control a little bit. And enjoy the, tra- the journey and see where it takes you. That's, that's, I only know the cards that come up for me a whole bunch. Like I got the hermit down. Ah, oh, the hermit. I love the hermit. That's, yeah. that's my card. That's but you're problem. you're you're telling me to have a a, a a a God's take the wheel moment here. It sounds like, yep. You know, it, it's like I said, it, it, you have the strength to, to steer it, but at the same time, you know, sometimes the the strongest thing you can do is to not take control. If that makes sense, love it. All right, that's it. That's it this week. We're done. That's it. You guys made it the entire episode. That's mad points right there. Mad points. Ching, ching. <laughs> All right. So we will see you guys back next week. And we are going to, we're going to hit the, the cult of the great 11. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, well, it's going to be good. For this one. All right. Have a great week, guys. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, which isn't much. Have a great night, guys. Bye. <laughs> This podcast was brought to you by Nerdy Witch in partnership with Sound Maiden. We want to thank all of our wonderful Patreons, especially our long-term house witches, Tara and Andrew. For updates, please remember to follow the Macabre Academy on all of our social medias. Please send in your thoughts, stories, and episode corrections to themacabacademy at gmail.com. Remember to like, share, and listen wherever you stream your favorite podcasts.